This is John Kime. This is Rick Doc Walker, the DOC, and you're listening to the Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. What's going on, DMV? This is Tailgate Ted, and you're listening to the first episode of the Mess Hall. Right beside me, I've got my good friend here, Rally Captain. What's going on, Ted? What's up, DMV? How's everybody doing? I'm going to tell you guys, we are looking forward to starting this podcast up. We're looking forward to talking commanders. We're looking forward to talking DC sports. And, you know, for those of you that don't know me, I used to have a show at the NFLPA. I used to have a couple weekly shows on Fox 5 and on Redskins Nation with Larry Michael. 2020 happened, COVID happened, and that kind of changed the world for me as well as everybody else. And I miss it. So I was trying to think of how can I do this again and who in the world would I want to do this with? And Rally Captain immediately came to my mind. Well, you know what, man? I'm happy that I did come to your mind because like you, you know, being in the trenches back in the day up until now, and then 2020 happens, and now everybody's just kind of doing their own thing. And now here we are back at it with some semblance of normalcy, if you will. Uh, it looks like the two of us are going to have a great time together with this podcast. Oh, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I know I've got a lot of people that follow me. You've got a ton that follow you. We've got, you know, John Kime, Rick Doc Walker. Thank them so much for that intro. We're going to have a couple other people throughout different shows popping in, having different interviews on here. So we're looking forward to giving you some more information about something that Rally and I are very passionate about, which is the commanders. And some people might ask why the mess hall, you know, right? There's a ton of commanders podcasts out there. There's a ton of names already out there. Well, I'm a thousand percent on board with a rebrand. So a mess hall for some of you out there that don't know is a place where soldiers and, you know, military staff go to eat, hang out, shoot the S. I have never had the honor of being in the military, but I know a lot of people that have, and a lot of them told me that they would, you know, talk about their commanding officers, decisions and orders and things like that inside there. So to me, that's just kind of a natural place for us to talk about some of the decisions of this front office and this coaching staff in our mess hall, if you will. Well, I, I got to tell you, I was in the army and I did eat at many mess halls and your friend is absolutely correct to where it's a place where non-commissioned officers can sit down, chew the fat, say what went right, say what went wrong, and just be themselves amongst the comrades. So yeah, when you told me DMV mess hall, I said, I got to be a part of it. Oh, and there's going to be a lot of talking about what went right and what went wrong. Those of you that follow us on social media know that we don't pull any punches. I don't pick the team to win. I actually used to get death threats from Commanders fans and back then Redskins fans when I was on Fox 5 saying, how can you not pick us to win this game? How do you call yourself a fan? This and that. This isn't coming out to, you know, kiss the team's butt. If something goes wrong and they're wrong, we're going to call them out. And if they do right, which happens from time to time, believe it or not, to some people, we're going to say they did right. And there's a couple things this week that I feel that they did wrong and they did not. So we'll get into that as we get a little further on. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen some of your videos rally at different practices and, you know, just streaming from your house. And one thing I love is you pull punches. Man, I'm going to give it to you rough and raw. The only way that I know how to. And it may be unpopular to some and it may be popular to others. But one thing everyone is, who's ever talked to me has always said, I'm a level-headed guy and I'm going to give it to you the way it needs to be given. And with that being said, let's just jump right into it, man. I mean, for those of you that are listening to this on a different date, it's June 1st. So we're in the second session of OTAs. And last week, a couple of dominant names on the commanders didn't show up. Chase Young wasn't there. Montez Sweat wasn't there for personal reasons. 
Terry McLaurin wasn't there. He's got his contract he's kind of holding out for. And Cam Sims wasn't there because he was having a baby. So let's just take Cam's name off that list. But he wasn't there for OTAs. Scratch his name. Scratch his name. Yeah, that, that's it's gets, understood. He gets an alibi. But Chase and Tess, they weren't there. They didn't show up. And I get it. People are going to complain. These are voluntary workouts. But is it a big deal? You know, the media has been talking about this constantly over the past week. Is it a big deal to you, Rally, that those guys did not show up? Okay. So when we did our first podcast or, or our first uh, mini teaser. podcast, little teaser, I said, I don't want Chase to be there. And I know that probably goes against the grain. I don't want Chase to be there. I want them to focus the defense without Chase. Why, may you ask? because it's not a definite that he's going to be there 100%. So you can't count on something that you'd never had to begin with. You know, we're, we're looking at what he did, you know, in 2000. But this isn't 2000 anymore. You know, the cat got hurt, which, um, you know, it, it happens. Injuries happen. But right now, no, don't count on him. Do not count on him. That's not a knock on Chase. That's a knock on the injury itself. Now, guys I know have have come back faster, but I don't want a faster. Uh, I don't. I don't want him to have to be able to come back and be half-assed. I want him to be a hundred percent. So, if being a hundred percent means staying wherever you are and continue to rehab, then that's what I'm about. Because at the end of the day, what you see on paper is just paper. We all know that paper does not play the game. So let the man rehab. Stop pressuring him to get back. So I, I agree with you there. The part that I have a problem with is earlier on this year, Rivera stated that he fully expects Chase Young to be at OTAs because last year was an awakening for him. He missed OTAs after he was Defensive Rookie of the Year because he was out in Hollywood making his money. And I am not going to chastise him for that. The NFL career of a player is so short. Make that money while you can. But the issue I have is he had one and a half sacks last year. Yes, you only play until November, but the defensive rookie of the year having one and a half sacks. Your defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, calls out the entire defense on an interview with Julie Donaldson saying that the defense was behind where it should have been because of players missing OTAs. And yes, he's not going to be on the field practicing, but he could at least be there with his teammates. He's a captain, show some leadership. But more importantly, show that you and your coaches are on the same page. That's what I have an issue with. I got an issue with Chase not respecting what his coach said was going to happen. And I got an issue with Rivera opening his mouth too damn much. If he would just keep it quiet, less is more, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Agreed. Agreed. So let's just say I'm Chase Young. All right. Rally captain right now is Chase Young. What am I doing at OTAs other than standing on the sidelines, giving the old boys a clap? Way to go, fellas. Way to go. Is, is that what's really needed? What am I learning that I can't learn wherever I am rehabbing. You've got film sessions. You're going over installing different things. It's the first session of OTAs. It's not, what is he going to miss? Because whatever he misses, he's going to be able to catch up on. And today, June 1st, you know, actually I was out at OTAs yesterday. He did Dang. show up and he was there. But it is the perception that he and the coach are not on the same page. And you're giving fuel to the fire that Chase and Coach Rivera just, I don't want to say you're butting heads, but last year, if you remember, right before Chase got hurt, Rivera called him out publicly, which I was shocked to hear, saying that he was trying to do too much and not play within the system. Well, he's trying to light some fire under his butt. That's what he was trying to do. Whether we like it or not, sometimes you need a motivating factor and being called out like that is a motivating factor to do better or to try to do better at least. And, and you're right. He, he, he did not play very well. He was on the field, but he didn't play well. 
I just look at it as, and this is just me. And obviously I don't get paid millions of dollars, Ted. We don't get paid millions <laughs> of dollars to be, to be coaches. But I feel as though, yes, the same way they can do film studies, he can do film studies wherever he's training or re rehabbing. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. But what I can tell you is, let's say, for instance, he has a setback. Hypothetically, don't want it to happen. God forbid it happens. But let's say he has a setback. Did him being there make that much of a difference? And the answer is no, man. No. Well, he's, so, he wouldn't be doing anything. He would just be on the side field, just kind of walking around. So yesterday, it was Chase. It was Samus Reyes. Uh, let's see here. A couple of other people just standing around on the side field, just being there, stretching, walking around. He is way... He's not far enough in his rehab to actually do anything. So, so, do you so do you feel that him being there makes the other fella say, wow, Chase is here. It's going to make me play better. It's going to motivate me to do better. Is that what you feel? It's not motivate me to do better. It's our team captain is in the trenches with us in 95 degree heat for voluntary practice even though he can't do a single thing. It's building that rapport with your teammates, with this rookie class coming in. You know, I miss when the team would go away to Frostburg and you mm -hmm. hear all those stories about the guys having beers outside. They're not going away. They're just hanging out at home. I don't feel that teams bond like they used to. And you have other franchises that send their teams away. We don't do that. And rumor is we're not going to go down to Richmond this year because it's not, according to Coach Rivera, cost effective. I don't know why a head coach of a football team has cared about cost, but he said it's not cost effective to send the team down to Richmond for three days. But that shouldn't matter. You want these guys to build up a rapport with each other, to be in the trenches with each other. And even if he's not going to be on the field in the trenches, be in the elevators with the guys, talking to the guys and seeing the guys face to face. Okay. Do we know he's going to be the captain this year again? They're not taking that C off his chest. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, he hasn't done anything egregious to warrant it. And can you imagine you know, social media and everything blows up now when he just missed a day or two of OTAs, what in the world would happen if they actually took that seal off his chest? There's no way. We don't know. We don't. Well, you're right. We don't. I would just put a lot of money on it and we might be able to get, you know, a million to one odds. And then, you know, I can buy a better microphone. We can figure it out. But DraftKings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'd love to see the over-under on that. And I was actually looking at the over-under on wins when I was out there in between sets of practice, FanDuel moved the commander's over-under to eight and a half versus seven and a half. And hmm. when I saw Wentz throw his first pass to Dotson, I logged in and wanted to place a bet. I'm not sure eight and a half is where I want to be, but at seven and a half, I felt like that was guaranteed money. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Well, getting back to the whole chase thing, we can agree to disagree. I just feel as though bring them in when it counts. And right now it doesn't count. That's just, that's just me. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. We talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking and about it's June. Practice. None of this is going to matter. Once training camp happens, none of this is going to matter. Once we start talking about preseason games and getting into an actual 17 week season, it's just the perception I have a problem with, but on the flip side, Terry McLaurin is not there. And I don't see anybody complaining about that. And in my opinion, they shouldn't be complaining about Terry skipping out because Terry has earned the right to not be at that practice. And if fans remember Trent Williams would never come to OTAs, but Trent is a beast and was the best player on our team all those years he was there and didn't need them. I'm not trying to compare Terry to Trent saying they're at the same caliber, but what I'm saying is they have both earned the, I guess, expectation that they will be ready week one, that they are all in no matter what. 
I don't feel that Chase has earned any of that. And well, that's Ted, really what I got a problem with. I'm going to throw something back on you. I'm going to use your word against you. Perception. I understand that Terry isn't there and we understand why he isn't there. But if you want to use the word perception, come on, man. Perception, bro. He needs to be there, right? Because what can he do? It goes back to what is what can he do that Chase isn't doing? But you said perception. So I'm going to leave it at that, bro. I, 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 can see, I, can, I, I can see we're going to knock heads today and, I, and I'm all for it. <laughs> Well, you and I definitely have differing opinions on a lot of stuff. That's why I was happy that you'd be joining me with this project, and I'm looking forward to it. But also, Deron Payne. So we all know Terry has his contract situation, and we're waiting for him to get paid. We talked about it on one of our teasers that came out. Well, Deron is there, and Ben Standing actually posted that Deron left practice last week which was not correct. He didn't leave. He's participating in individual drills. He's not participating in any of the team drills. So a couple of years back, Ruben Foster, OTAs, day one, team drill, gets hurt, never came back to play football again. Never. Duran is upset paying. about his contract. Yeah. The team yeah. is not going to sign him. In my opinion, they're not going to extend him. They're not going to pay him. That was evident when they drafted Mathis. That was evident when they weren't trying to take any options. How long is this going to happen with Duran, where he's going to say, well, I'll just show up and lift, but I'm not actually going to step on the field when we're doing 11 on 11. Does that well, bother you? We'll see. Okay. It reminds me, and I, and I, I can't remember the guy's name, but it just it just happened this year in basketball. What team was it where the guy he was on the basketball court? He was he was there, but but he basically was was an eyesore the whole time he was on the basketball court. And they didn't play him, but he came to practice. But he just kind of stood around. I can't think of that guy's name, and forgive me for that. But the way I look at it is, you're hurting. He's hurting himself. And he's also hurting the team. The players get it. You know, it's about it's about dollars and cents. I think at this point in time, you got to do something else with them if that is the case. Because I saw an Instagram or a Twitter post that said you guys are wrong. Uh, you know, when he said he left the, he left the practice, and, and uh, he said you guys are totally wrong about you don't know what's going on. So, once again, here's your word: perception. The perception is he's unhappy. The perception is all these other things, but only he knows and the coaches know what's truly going on. As a fan, I don't know. I know what I would like to see, but but what I want doesn't always happen. And the fact of the matter is he's there. So do you do you put him to the side and say, hey, look, we don't feel that your effort is where it needs to be, so we're going to sideline you. Maybe that's the best thing to do. Maybe it is, but he knows that him not participating technically could hurt him down the line with another team because when the teams call and they will, what word would the coach give for the other team? Will he give a high mark of praise or will he say, hey, man, even though the guy's going through adversity, he, he, he sucked. He didn't want to do anything. You know, at the end of the day, we're human, man. We're, we are human. We definitely are. And I don't blame Duran for wanting to get paid, you know, talking earlier about how short an NFL player's career is. And he's wants an extension. He wants a, He wants, he hasn't demanded a trade, but he wants an extension. He wants to talk about his contract, but the commanders should only be first about focused on one player at this point, And that's Terry McLaurin. The only person they should really think about extending is him. And it's June one Landon Collins, money is off the salary cap. I don't know what's taking them so long, but Duran's going to be waiting until next year if he wants an extension because he's not going to get it from Washington. And I don't think Washington should put him on the trade block, should even talk about trading him because you're not going to get back anything for him because teams know that you're not going to sign him next year 
and he's just going to hit the market and they can get him on the cheap later. So we mm -hmm. don't do a good job as a franchise selling assets at their highest. I mean, you mentioned basketball earlier. I'm, I'm a Nationals fan. It hurts me to say, but Mike Rizzo traded Max Scherzer and Trey Turner when they had value. Mm -hmm. When Trey Turner has an immense amount of value. If we were them, we would have traded Steven Strasburg when he was hurt with a broken arm and couldn't do a single thing and got nothing back. That's what I have a problem with with the front office because I feel that we sometimes undervalue our players. And now we have two of our starters that are holding out. And I fully believe Terry will be there when it comes to mandatory practices, but will he potentially injure himself and put himself out there during team drills? I don't think he should because I think he deserves the money and he was a third round pick, not a first. So he hasn't really gotten paid. Duran's gotten paid. Well, as far as Terry is concerned, I don't blame him for not being there. I don't. And as I said in our one of our uh, preview podcasts, I said that I feel that there is a backdoor deal that has been made with him just to, just to hold tight. Now, I know that the agents will say, no, we haven't talked to Terry. I believe that they understand the asset that he, that he is for our, our squad, and he will be there when the time comes. Right now, hey, man, you say you're training, you say you're doing this, you're doing that, no problem. Go ahead and continue doing what you're doing. We got you. And in my heart of hearts, that's what I want to believe. Now, Duran, I'm telling you, man, it, this is going to get ugly before it gets pretty. It is. And, it, and you already kind of see the road that he's going down, you know, it's going to come to a point where who's going to give in this game of chicken? Who's going to give? I don't think I, the team's going to give. I mean, they, they've got no need to give. He's under contract. So if he decides to sit and wait, then Phil comes in. And the only person that Duran is hurting is himself. Cause this is exactly. a contract year. He needs to just ball out and play because He's got so much talent and is going to make a killing next season and just hope and pray that you don't get injured and go from there. Well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed that it, that doesn't happen. He does, no injuries, no injuries. That's what we're going to keep our fingers crossed on. But I agree with you. Ultimately he's hurting himself. You're on the team. You're on the contract. You got to play, you know, this isn't basketball where a lot of those guys, you know, I think the players can pretty much run basketball where I don't think it's the same way as football. No, definitely not. And I mean, I feel that a lot of the injuries that happen nowadays is because of lack of practice, lack of contact, lack of ability to be a city. And earlier on this March at the team meetings down in Florida, Rivera stated that there's only three preseason games. And players need more work and opportunities to compete. So he was talking about wanting to have joint practices with other teams. It's something that Gruden did. The uh, Texans came to Richmond. I'm almost positive the Patriots came at one point. Other franchises do this. Yep. And then Rivera was asked about it last week. And all of a sudden, his tune changes. He says, no, we're going to focus on us and really just try to work and continue to develop that they're not going to have joint practices anymore. And a lot of the rumor was, you know, Rivera has ties to the Buffalo bills and that staff because they came up through his coaching system. A lot of the rumor is because of the whole JD McKissick, I'm a Buffalo. He signed in the unofficial period. So it wasn't legal. And then we came back and countered Buffalo's upset about it. I don't care. There are 31 other NFL teams out there. Exactly. Why aren't we practicing with someone else? I have a problem with that as well. And I'm here to tell you, I played football and there's only so much you really are going to do against your fellow teammate. But when that other color Jersey comes on and somebody different, well, you can give them the business 
that's what you want to do. You can't, I don't believe you can get a true look. You can get a look, but not a true look of what the defense is going to do or what the offense is going to do without that true workmanship against somebody else. And I feel as though, yeah, we're focused on ourselves, but at the same time, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself, man. Like you said, there's, there's 30 other teams that you can go and talk to, 31 other teams you can go talk to. Bring somebody else in, give them an opportunity to hit somebody else, to get them truly in football speed, because we know, man, you don't go as hard against your, your partner as you do somebody else. It's been proven. That's just how it is. Guys will slack off. They'll, they'll do it just enough, and it looks good, but it's not what needs to be done. I, I, think, that's, I think that's piss poor. The first two games of the season feel like preseason games. The first two regular season games feel like preseason games because your starters don't get any work in the preseason anymore. Mm-hmm. When the NFL went to 17 games and three preseason games, they didn't make the regular season roster any larger. So the coaching staffs have to evaluate all these other players. So your starters don't get the time, whether it's by design or by evaluation or for fear, because you don't want them to get hurt. So having a joint practice with another team, you know, Baltimore's just right up the road, having something with them or, you know, Carolina, we have a ton of Panthers players on our team. Now they know how to get down there. You know, we could have a joint practice with them. Why we're not doing it when Rivera made a comment earlier that it wasn't cost effective or isn't cost effective to go to Richmond. I hope that's not some of the reason why we're not having joint practices because all we should be focused on is making the team better, making the players better. And he wanted to do that in March. That was just a couple months ago. And now maybe because he got turned down, we're okay with what we've got. We're just going to focus on us. Nah, I, I, I can't get with that. And you brought up something else that's, that's uh, it's lurking in the background. And that's money. That's money. Anytime the coach is telling you it's not cost effective, there's a problem. You know, <laughs> there is a problem. And I, I don't want to say that, they don't have money, but we do understand that, that the team is the perception. How about that? I'm going to go back to that word. The perception is they're cash strapped right now. Are they? I don't know. But when you say things like that, it makes it seem that way. It really does. Well, going what we talked about earlier, less is more. If Rivera would stop saying these things in front of a microphone, I feel like he wants all of us to like him. This isn't Carolina. Anything you say over a microphone or tweet out is going to be analyzed up, down, back and forth by the media, Mm -hmm. by this fan base. And this is year three on a five-year deal. You would have thought that he would realize that by now and stop just spewing these things out there. Because a lot of the stuff that comes out that we as fans and media and just people in this town have an issue with is stuff that he voluntarily tells and shares. Belichick doesn't do any of this. Next question to him. He'll just move on. I wish Rivera would do the same thing. You know, he's in between what Gruden would give us too much, but it was always funny stuff that didn't matter. Rivera puts expectations out there, an expectation that Chase is going to show up that Montez is going to show up an expectation that we should be getting joint practices with another team. When you put expectations out there and they don't happen, it makes me believe that you don't know what you're talking about. You're just spewing stuff off the top of your head, or you really have no control over anything. And you're the head coach that should be managing the entire thing. It's not, it's not a good look, man. It's, it's like, you know, kids, and we, at one point in time, we were all kids. And when your parents told you, okay, we're going to go to Six Flags on April 1st. And the parents were just talking. But the kids memorized it front and backwards. April 1st, Six Flags. April 1st rolls around. 
oh, well, we can't do it April 1st. We, we're going to have to do it. The kids are heartbroken. We are, we are, as fans, not heartbroken, but we're keeping your finger to the fire. We're saying, wait a minute, something's not adding up here. And like you said, if you don't want the extra scrutiny that comes along with it, don't say it. Yeah, I, I wish that their PR department would tell him these things. Or he knows and just doesn't care. I mean, Jack Del Rio the other day, just going on a tangent, got into a Twitter argument with a commander's fan. This is the defensive coordinator of our team. <laughs> telling a fan to, I think, quote unquote, bite D's. D's, that's right, baby. Not Deets and Watson either. <laughs> I just, I mean, this is your defensive coordinator going on Twitter arguing with commander's fans. I can't stand some commander's fans. So I make my tweet to the point of you can't reply unless I follow you because there's a rat hole that you get down that Jack Del Rio opened himself up to this. And it's just, we're causing problems and making our own issues as a team. And I, it boggles my mind. And I don't think this happens around the NFL. I feel like it only happens here. Or maybe I just don't see it other places. I just I think, wish that we could talk about football. Yeah, I, I think it does happen in other other camps. But because we're so focused here, I mean, we are laser focused here. We're looking for any little information to try to decipher the code to figure it out. But I believe that other things happen in camps and uh, that we just aren't privy to for whatever reason. You know, it doesn't make the news here but i'm sure it happens i'm sure it does i'd love to know if it happens in the winning franchises is this stuff happening at the rams with sean McVay? is this stuff happening you know i don't even know who tampa's coach is after arian stepped down you know it's really <laughs> brady anyway but is this happening down there in tampa because here we focus on everything off the field we don't really get a chance to talk about on the field and yes it's the off season Yes, it's only June, but even when the season rolls around, I feel like there is always some headline that comes up that has nothing to do with X's and O's and wins and losses. Well, we have an owner who has put all of this to the forefront. And because of that, we're on the hot seat. As I said, we are laser focused on any little thing you know, like the stadium. We're focused on that, whereas other franchises necessarily aren't focused on it. Okay, how about this? Buffalo Bills stadium deal, right? Their fans were laser focused on that deal. They said they didn't want it in one place, but then they wound up moving it, saying that they, they, they have a location that they're, they're happy with. Their fans are focused on that. We aren't necessarily as focused as they would be. So when other fans talk about our squad, they don't really know. They know what the headlines have said, but they don't know as, as well as we don't really know what's going on over there. So everybody's focused right now on their own team and you get bits and pieces of little uh, nuggets that you may hear or tweet from, get a tweet from another, another team. But nah, man, Rivera, my brother, <laughs> I hope, man. We'll, we'll, we'll cut this clip up and send it to them because I know they listen to different shows out there. When I was out at OTAs, I had a bunch of uh, commanders, content creators that, you know, looking forward to talking to and going on their shows and having them on here. I know they pay attention. I've gotten text messages from them after I've called into, you know, the Team 980 and other ones saying, we never thought of that or thanks for letting us know or you couldn't be more incorrect on your stance hmm. and i mean i i hope and pray that they know what they're doing over there but we've got just years and years of data telling us that they don't and yeah. you know talking about the stadium and where i feel that they don't know what they're doing or what's going on i mean there's so much dividing this fan base Last year, the team divided the fan base when they made these fan ambassadors. They did that themselves. And 
immediately annotated these people are more important than these people. This year, I feel that that new controversy is the stadium where Maryland, you've got right here, Landover, and FedEx Field has a stigma, and I get it. I'm not going to defend the actual stadium itself. But out of all the potential locations, you're talking about fans knowing. It drives me insane when you have fans calling in. And I listen to way too much sports talk. That's another reason why, you know, I wanted to do this show so I can get this out because they cut me off after a couple of minutes when I call in. But you've got fans that call into the fan. You've got fans that call into 980, all these different places saying, it's got to go back to RFK. That's the only place it should be. It's ridiculous. I don't know if these people pay attention to anything else, but the team, it's not up to them to build an RFK. RFK is federally owned land. Washington, D.C., where I live, does not own RFK. The government has to extend the lease on that stadium. Everybody wants it there. It is up to Congress, and it's up to D.C. Council, and it's up to the people that live in D.C., but it's got to go through those hurdles first. So please stop calling in and sounding like an idiot or going on social media saying it's got to go to RFK, because who's going to argue with you other than someone that lives on Capitol Hill? And they've got millions of dollars, so I really don't care what they think. Yeah, they got the long money. And they'll say, okay, come on, we hear you. We hear you, but we're, we aren't going to do anything about it. They're going to I mean, shoot that down in a heartbeat. But RFK, yes, is the number one site where the stadium should go. No doubt. The other three locations, and I'm not ranking these in any order. One is Dumfries, Virginia, down 95 South. The other one, Landover not too far from FedEx Field. The other one on top of that, actually four locations, Woodbridge, right up from 95 from Dumfries, right by the Potomac Mills Mall. And then fourth is Loudoun County. So the team has the option to buy a deed in Woodbridge. I went on vacation for two weeks and I realized I go on vacation to get away from commander's gossip. I actually love my job and don't mind it. But hearing all this drama with this stadium just triggers me. I mean, I don't know how you feel about Woodbridge. I grew up there, so I'm not knocking the area. But I moved away for a reason. That place is a nightmare to commute or to get anywhere. Agreed. Well, and this is probably going to be unpopular, but I'm the rally captain, so... I'm not here to please everyone. When I go on the road or when I'm at home at FedEx field and people see my flag with all the stadiums embroidered on it, my standard spiel, if you will, is we could play on the moon and I'll mortgage my house and I'll be on the moon watching the commanders or the Redskins when they were the Redskins play. So I'm going to say, no, I don't like the location of Woodbridge or Virginia. But if that's where my team is playing, that's where I'll go. You know, right now I live, you know, 95 South. And every Sunday I have to trek my way up 95 North, 495 to exit 16, to Landover to see them play. Do I like it? Nope. But I signed up for that. No one is making me do it. I want to do it. As much of an S-hole as they say FedEx is, I signed up to do that. I want to do it. So wherever they are, I will go. Yes, traffic is bad. But let me tell you something. Traffic is bad in Chicago. But they have figured out a way to make it work. And one thing that this area has more so than any other area that I know is commuter lots. Green Bay, traffic is terrible, but they have commuter lots. They, they've devised a bus system to pick you up. Red, green, red, yellow, and blue, I believe it is, that, pick you, that picks you up from the outskirts and brings you to the stadium and drops you off. 
there are plenty of commuter lots. If it, if it is going to go hypothetically in Woodbridge, there are plenty of commuter lots that you can have buses pick people up the way Chicago, the same way Chicago does and drop people off right at the stadium. And these buses make continuous loops. So is it the, go there ahead. are lots down south, but I don't see a ton of commuter lots up here in the D.C. area to go further south. So I used to have to slug to the Pentagon. Right. So I would actually go to Potomac Mills Mall, jump in a stranger's car, and have them drop me off at the Pentagon. So that way I didn't have to worry about parking. I got a ride. If I was hungover, it didn't matter. I got to work. I could just close my eyes on a car ride. But going south, I don't see any lots for people to pick up and just kind of hang out there. And the team right now doesn't have any type of transportation options to take you from the Metro to FedEx field, which is a couple of miles away because they're not legally allowed to do that. Do you actually see them? I, I can see you as a rally captain organizing lots in, in different parts of town to get people to go down to Woodbridge or Dumfries, but I don't see the team doing that. Well, I don't know how Chicago does it, but, but as we know, parking for the most part is going away with a lot of these stadiums. Vegas didn't have a lot of parking, but luckily they have the hotels where you can just walk right, right across the bridge and you're at the stadium. But I think like Chicago, Chicago has lots where people park, they tailgate and they have school buses. I don't know who, who they have contracted to drive the school buses, but the fact of the matter is, they thought enough outside of the box to get their fans to that stadium. You know, other places do the exact same thing. Let's not try to reinvent the wheel here. If it goes there, best believe that intersections can be blocked off to, to make sure that, like, no different than at uh, Philadelphia Stadium, the link. You know, normally, nine times out of ten, you can get off right at Patterson, Broad and Patterson. Well, during the game, they block that. So you got to go possibly two exits down or, 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 or something else. There's always a way to get things done. And I think that fans, we like to bitch. Let's just put it where it is. We like to bitch. But if you want to go, you're going to freaking go and you'll do what needs to be done. It may not be the best. It may not be the best, but it, it'll get done if it's there. I've seen so many creative traffic ways to get into a stadium that it, it's, it's mind boggling. We can do it here. Hell, I remember when, so you know the Marine Corps Marathon, not Marine Corps Marathon, but the Marine Corps Museum is at Quantico, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so one of the things that they did, which was the first time in history that they ever did it, they made the HOV two ways. So you had one lane that was still going northbound and you had one lane that was southbound. So don't tell me it can't be done. I never heard that before, but they, you were allowed to take the HOV going north and south. So I did an interview with CBS talking about this. And mm -hmm. one of the things that came out of it was they're saying they might take those HOV hot lanes going down 95 south. So on game days, have that go south where people coming from the DC, Northern Virginia area, just hop on there and just go straight down. And then after games, go straight north, which will alleviate some of it. But you can only take so many people on that artery to get down 95 for those of you that aren't from the area. And you know, we've got fans all over the DMV. I know I met a woman that drove from Ohio to OTAs. She's a sweetheart, but there's no way in the world I'm driving to OTAs from Ohio. But <laughs> she is going to be coming in, regardless of where the stadium goes. But 95 South and Route 1 are realistically your only ways to get to that stadium. Unless you're coming from out West, you're going to take 66 or the Prince William County Parkway. So yep. we're now talking a 55,000 person stadium. Because for some reason, we want to build the smallest brand new stadium in the NFL, which is a topic for another day. That also drives me crazy. Like I said, all this stadium stuff just triggers me, man. I, I'm going to have to crack open a beer next time we talk about this because it, it gets my blood boiling. 
Win the mess off. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pause this and go get one. But it's yes, you can block roads, you can block arteries to help people get there. But 95 isn't going to expand. Route one is not going to expand. So Barbara Favola, she's a VA state senator. She was on with uh, B. Mitch and Finley last week on 1067. Mm-hmm. She came out and said there is a better location than a growing Northern Virginia with traffic congestion and scarce housing. A major concern for her is the fact that there's no infrastructure there to support a stadium. I grew up in Lake Ridge in Woodbridge. It was a mess back then. I've been in DC for over a decade. Mm -hmm. I go back to see family every once in a while. It's a mess now. It hasn't been fixed. And now you're trying to tell me they want to build a stadium down there. And I think that's where Virginia at first offered a billion dollars. They made headlines everywhere. Virginia is going to give a billion dollars in a bipartisan bill to the commanders. Well, fast forward, that billion dollars dropped down to $350 million. Fast forward again, Virginia is supposed to vote on this today. The vote was supposed to happen on June 1st. The vote got canceled, got postponed, because that $350 million, which was a billion, went down to $290 million. And then now, doesn't have enough votes to pass. So they're kicking the can down the road to June 17th to talk about it then. So something that seemed like a good idea to Virginia back in January, all of a sudden just starts shrinking and shrinking because I feel that people are starting to wake up and realize that the location of Woodbridge or Dumfries logistically does not make sense. Agreed. It doesn't. It, it, it doesn't, no matter how many different ways you slice it. But once again, if the powers that be put it there, guess who will be there? I know you will. And I, I hat tip to you, brother, because I'm on the record of saying I will no longer be a season ticket holder if the commanders move to Woodbridge. I love this team. Mm-hmm. I will still follow this team. I am not going to go anywhere. I will go on the road and hang out at away games with you and other fans at away games. What I have to put on and what I've got to go through to actually have a tailgate, I'd have to leave at four o'clock in the morning to get down there and set stuff up after being out for 12 hours. And this is something I do to myself. So I'm not going to ask for woe is me or pats on the back. I do the tailgate to raise money for charity, collect items, things like that. But going down and dealing with that mess is not something that I am willing to do. I'm not willing to pay for a PSL to a stadium that is just going to give me Ajita to drive to and from every game. And I feel that we're going to get flooded with opposing fans after three years because the newness is going to wear off and people aren't going to want to go down there. I, I just, it drives me crazy that that is even an option for this team and maybe it's not a realistic option but Snyder wants to build his own village he wants to build his own town center Mm -hmm. that's why he really wants to do it in Virginia there's no land in DC and we already talked about DC Maryland is giving 400 million dollars to improve the infrastructure around FedEx field that 400 million dollars not a single cent goes to building a stadium. So Snyder's not happy about that. He wants to build his own little fiefdom down there, offices, hotels, casinos, you know, amphitheaters. The man has not built a successful football franchise. What makes Virginia or anyone think he can build a successful development community down there just because he's gonna put a 55,000 seat stadium? I have no faith in that henceforth why they are pulling back the money the way that they are let's face it man landover seems to be the best option it may not be what every, every, <laughs> it may not be what everyone wants 
None of this, none of this is what anybody wants. Let's let's just be realistic about it. We feel as though we're being being crammed down our throats, but at the end of the day, what say do we really have? We don't. So back to my original point. Landover probably is where it's gonna be because they're given a big chunk of change for infrastructure. Now, what's involved with infrastructure? Is it roads? Is it housing? Is it, is it helping build something? I mean, there's a lot that can go into that main word of infrastructure. So if someone's giving you that amount of money to, to, to help you, you'd be a fool not to take it, even though it may not be where you want. What's that saying? You know, don't, don't, don't cut your nose, bite your face. Don't do it. So if that's where it is, roll with it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just tired of what I'm, I'm like you, I'm tired of it. Let's just, whatever's going to happen, let's make it happen. Except for Woodbridge. But even if it does go to Woodbridge, <laughs> I, I, I'll be there. And you know, I think here's the other thing, Ted. Yes, we know 95 sucks. It just does. But for a person who lives Stafford, you know, we're, I'm going to say Stafford, Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania, uh, Caroline County, for a person who commutes to D.C. to go to work every day, it's not that bad to them. Yeah, we all know it sucks, but it's one of those things that we just wrap our minds around and says, okay, I got to do it. You know, when I have family members who come from out of state who want to see the monuments, I say, listen, we're going to travel off-peak times. Well, Uncle Steve, what do you mean by off-peak times? Well, that means that we're going to get up. Even though you're on vacation, you may not want to do this, but we're going to get up so that we can beat the traffic. And I explain to them, do you want to spend your time in vacation, in traffic, or do you want to see it, do it, seeing something? And after the hemming and hawing, they say, we want to see stuff. So we get up off peak travel times and we take our butts into DC and see what needs to be seen. Oh, and I'm not saying I'm not going to ever go to a game if they move it to Woodbridge. You're going to be there, I, Ted. You're going to be I'm, there. You're going to be there. Stop be it. a season ticket holder. I am not going to be a Washington Gold member and be at every game. I've missed one game since the stadium opened. And it's going to hurt me in my heart to not have season tickets. And I know you're saying there's nothing we can do about it. I slightly disagree with you there. We can voice our opinion to the people that we know are listening that it doesn't make sense. To the lawmakers like Chap Peterson, who came out, Virginia State Senator, diehard, you know, Redskins fan saying that earlier on he was on board and in the pre-vote back in January. Now he's saying the Commonwealth of Virginia doesn't want to, shouldn't enter in a long-term economic relationship with a team that has effectively no brand. I agree with him to an extent that they shouldn't launch into this economic relationship with a NFL owner who Nobody should be giving NFL owners money. Don't give taxpayer money to billionaires to build a stadium to make them richer. But when Chap Peterson said that the commanders don't have a brand, I take issue with that. Yes, we are the commanders now, but those Lombardi trophies are still a part of this franchise. All of those records and memories are still a part of this franchise. None of that went away. So people will go regardless of where it's put just because it's our team. I just hope that the team makes the best decision logistically and not for their wallets. And I feel that what they're trying to do because they want to build this stadium with its own little city around it, all they care about is bottom dollar where PG County, the developers that made One Loudon, that built One Loudon, they already have $1 billion, $1 billion with a B, ready to go to improve PG County, regardless if the stadium's there or not. So the improvements are going to happen, but Snyder's not going to get any of that money. And I think that's why they keep holding out, because we talked earlier, do they have enough money to pay Tara? Do they have enough money to sign this and to do this? Are things cost effective? You know, it's hard for me to believe that a NFL owner doesn't have money. 
that an NFL owner that bought a massive yacht wants to build the smallest stadium in the NFL. But it just comes down to greed because he's not going to get any money from Maryland. And I think in the future, we're going to find on the 17th or maybe the 22nd when Congress has their hearing that they're not going to get a single cent from Virginia either. And Maryland has all this stuff ready to go that has major arteries to get to it, that is going to be three quarters of a mile from the metro, that's going to have shops and restaurants and bars along what you would kind of equate to a Nashville. I mean, I've got to assume you've been to Nashville for a Titans game. I'm not sure. I haven't seen I the have. flag that up close. I have, Ted. Come on, brother. I'm, I, only, I, missing, I'm only missing two stadiums, man. Oh, two stadiums, Ted, all right? And now I'll right. put it out there. Those two stadiums are Pittsburgh. And Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. We're going to do it together, man. All right. We're going to do that together. Exactly. The Bengals bomb squad throw a massive tailgate out in Cincy. We're going to have to do that, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. I really can't. That stadium walk in Nashville, it's about a mile to get to the stadium. Nobody complains about it because you've got stuff to do along that walkway. And right now, where the stadium is, FedEx Field, and whatever line that is, I drive, I don't take the Metro, it's about a mile as well, but there's nothing to do. You've got a McDonald's, you got a 7-Eleven you're walking by, you got a Popeye's over there. There's nothing for you to stop at or do on the way in. If PG County can successfully build this, and I have faith that Angela also Brooks is able to do this because the money is coming no matter what, whether the commanders are or not. Can you imagine how beautiful that would be? That cannot be replicated in Woodbridge. I I think that it it will be phenomenal. Here's the other thing I think that's happening. Anytime you have a billionaire, he doesn't hear the word no very often. And I think what's happening is before you could say, you know who I am? Oh, yes, sire. I know who you are. Yes. Anything <laughs> you want, it's yours. Now it's like, wait a minute. No, no, that doesn't carry any weight anymore. It used to, but not anymore. So you're going to have to hear the two letter word, you know, no. That's what I think is happening in all honesty, Ted. I believe that they're finally are saying they're bucking back and saying no. Now I'll be surprised if it does not. And I'll eat my words. I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man. I don't have a problem with that. But I think that's what the situation is. I think that they're finally at the point where they're saying no. And you can't, you, there's no, we're not going to make that many backdoor deals to get this thing done because it's going to fall back on the, the Commonwealth. We're not going to do it. So we're going to have to say no. And I, I hope for Virginia's sake and taxpayers' sake and everyone involved that we don't use tax dollars to build a stadium for an NFL team. You know, there's so many moving parts and going back to DC, you know, I brought this up a while ago, DC has legalized marijuana, but they're not monetizing it. You know, being a DC resident, we lost so much money during COVID because tourists aren't coming to town. So you're not getting that tourist tax and we're federally owned land. So there's a lot of stipulations and a lot of things that have to happen get this to happen but tax that and legally sell it for medical reasons or whatever it may be you know that could help subsidize or pay for improvements around rfk just so many things that could happen where you're not truly taking tax dollars or you're not giving things to snyder where he should be able to pay for it but my main concern is wherever it goes he's not going to get as much money as he thought from Virginia, the initial $1 billion offer now 290 million. He's getting nothing from Maryland. And I don't think that's going to change at all. What in the world are they going to charge fans for a PSL and can fans afford it? Cause I know I can't, we went out to Oakland together, not Oakland, sorry, Vegas. A bunch of my friends had season tickets in the black hole when it was in Oakland for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Their seats at Allegiant Stadium for a PSL went to seventy six thousand dollars a seat. Jeez, 
they got rid of them. They go to away games. And that's what gave me the idea is my buddy Kingsford Kirk just goes to all the Raiders away games now because he can't afford a PSL. I've got four seats at FedEx Field. Let's just say the commanders charge $25,000 for my lower level seats. I don't have $100,000 just for a right to buy a seat, not even on top of you know, buying the actual tickets themselves. So moving the stadium, a lot of people just can't wait to get out of FedEx Field. Yes, you've got railings falling apart. Yeah, you've got, you know, water pipes opening on people. Just be leery of what you're hoping for and what you want, because I don't know about everybody else, but I can't afford a PSL. And hats off to, you know, other fans that have got that set aside. I know people that have been saving for a long time. But that's another thing that scares me is I feel that come 2028, if they're out of the stadium, I'm not going to be a season ticket holder anymore because of A, location, and B, I'm just going to be priced out of the market. Yeah, I think you're right about that, man. Uh, that's what people don't really understand. Uh, I think about uh, when Levi Stadium was built, I had friends uh, in San Francisco who were season ticket holders. They were priced out as well. And so it's, it's just... It's it's a it's the the dastardly evil that comes along with building a new stadium. I mean, it's it, it's unfortunate. It really is, and a lot of people are going to be priced out. Yeah, and we mentioned the bills earlier. You know, their PSLs are going to range anywhere from five hundred to sixteen five, according to a report from Front Office Sports back in May. And okay, let's just say sixteen five. Let's just say fifteen. You know, it's, it's still a lot of money to have to chunk out there all because the NFL owners want the municipalities to pay for stadiums. When you've got these massive TV deals, that's what should be paying for your stadium. You've got this revenue share amongst the other owners. That's who should be paying for your stadium, not taxpayers, not fans. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the deal. They want their money. They want to be able to spend $100 million on a yacht. They want to be able to, to, to spend money on the most expensive house in the state of Virginia. They want to be able to do all those things versus give it back. I mean, it's just, it's disenfranchising the fans. And this team can't afford to do that any more than it already has. And we're just constantly dividing the fan base whether it's the ambassador program or whether it's a stadium and just all these other things that they've got going on. And I just, I can't wait till we can stop focusing on what's tearing us apart and focus on what should really bring us together. And that's wins. And that's this mm -hmm. team actually performing on the field. And I'm really looking forward to going over that with you as we go through this podcast, you know, hopefully it's not all going to be talk about the stadium and controversy. And I know it won't be. And I'm happy to talk about X's and O's. I used to have to break down film when I was on Fox and I'm, I'm looking forward to that again. And I just, I can't wait to, you know, wherever the stadium is going to be, I'm still going to be a fan. I know you're going to be in that end zone waving that flag and I'm looking forward to it. I just can't wait for it also to stop being a headline. For us in time in time you know you've got to build the foundation first and i know people are saying i've been a fan for 50 years where's the foundation i, I get it I, I know i i get it but in time and a lot of people have checked out let's face it they've checked out they said i'm not going back i'm not a fan i'll view it from afar i i, I get it i really do i i feel as though which brings me to a, another point. You said teams or fans going to other stadiums, all right? Well, I feel as though because I do travel to away games that if someone is interested in going to an away game, DM me or go to my website, sbevents.net, and you can go join us at an away game. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You do it up right, man. I've been seeing the packages you've been coming out with for the away games, everything else. I mean, if you have not been to an away game with a rally, you're not doing it. 
You know, you're just out there just wasting your money. You got to hit that man up. You know, looking forward to hitting up a couple of away games with you this year. I've already got my tickets for Chicago. A bunch of my buddies run the bus out there. So I'm looking forward to hitting some of those with you and, you know, just keeping this thing going as we get through the season. So the thought is during the off season, we're going to do one of these a week. We're going to try and have a regular schedule on that release date, still working through some of those logistics. And then as the season goes on, we're going to try and do two of these. So one to talk about the upcoming away game, you know, be in the mess hall. I want to talk about some food. I want to talk about some dishes that I'm going to be serving up at the home games, maybe do some YouTube stuff where you can actually see me kind of going through and making those dishes and talk about what went right and potentially what went wrong during the game prior. So we hope you can stick that out with us and, you know, like, subscribe. You can find us on all your different podcast channels out there. You can also find me at Tailgate Ted on all your social medias. And you can find Rally at Rally Captain on Instagram, Rally Captain Twitter, Facebook. I'm all over the place. Google it. I'll come right up. Come on, let's do this, folks. Like Ted said, subscribe, share, and follow. And, and be would. careful on Instagram, though, because I actually tagged another guy that was Rally Captain on the post. And it wasn't you. And someone had to send me a message saying that's the wrong rally captain on there. I think I don't know if you got an underscore in there. Or I do. There's rally underscore captain. So yeah, <laughs> make sure you hit the uh, make sure you do underscore. Definitely. Hey, there you it, go. It, it, w- it, it wouldn't be me if I didn't close out by saying, "Rep it hard, or don't rep it at all." Amen, man. Amen. All right, everybody. That's episode one of the mess hall. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to y'all later. Take care. Peace.